Hey, Calvary Bible Church, Pastor Jay here with a great episode called What We Are Reading. I'm with my good friend, Melissa Christensen. How's it going, Melissa? Good. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is the first What We Are Reading uh, podcast. Congratulations. Yeah. You're now the co-host, by the way. I just made you without wow. you knowing it. It's like on the spot. <laughs> On the spot, co-hosting a podcast at Calvary Bible Church. I thought I was just a guest, but now I'm the co-host. Hey, I have some funny little ways to get people to do things. <laughs> Love it. Hey, we're excited for this. Um, we're trying to just create some resources for you, your everyday life lived at Calvary Bible Church from Monday through Saturday. Uh, we just want to encourage you to be people that have good bookshelves. Um, that's really important in our Christian faith that we have good bookshelves. And if you're like me, you don't know where to start sometimes. So true. So, or you're like Melissa and we just buy every book we could possibly get recommended and never read them. Well, I mean like half of them. Half but. of them. Yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> I've made a commitment to my wife for two years not to buy a single book. How's How that, you, how's that going? <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> I am thankful for the Erie Public Library. But isn't it better when you're reading with a friend because then you have a push to actually finish the book? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, book club no weeks for me are always like, I have to finish that book so I can have that discussion. How many book clubs are you in? This is my second one of the week, and I have one more on Wednesday. Wow. It's, for some reason, they all fell in the same week this they month. They fell in the same week? Yeah, it's in not the normally like that. Um, in your lifetime, how many book clubs do you, are, are you always in a book club? Or are you like, is that just a unique season for you? No, I was in a really great book club when I lived in Florida. And then when we moved out here, I struggled to find one that just kind of gelled as well. It's yeah. kind of a tricky thing, it is. you know? So, uh, yeah, I just got plugged back into a book club probably about a year ago, maybe. Cool. And now you're in three. And now I'm in three. That's funny. Good. That's really cool. Now, Melissa, for those who don't know who you are, who is Melissa and what do you do here at Calvary? Yeah. So you probably would most likely see me behind the welcome desk during the week, Monday through Thursday. So I uh, am Gary and Thomas's admin. I help keep their schedules straight and um, just kind of do whatever they need around here. So, so it's also called the staff counseling desk. <laughs> Your hours. You have office hours that you keep for the staff That's counseling. Right. Yeah. The referral list. <laughs> so, okay. Outside of this building and this organization, what do you do in this great state of Colorado? Yeah. So I'm married to Matt, my wonderful husband, and we have two kids, um, two adult children. Ooh. I like to say now because yeah. our youngest just turned 18 you're a few about, months ago. You're about to be an empty nester. We are so close to it. So um, our son Bryce is a, currently a sophomore at School of Mines in Golden. And our daughter Lily is a senior at Erie High School. So, But you didn't answer the question, what do you oh, like to do in oh, Colorado? Well, obviously I love to read. Okay. And I feel like this is such like the typical Colorado answer. We all say the same thing, right? right? We like to hike. Yep. We love to camp, love to be in the mountains. Yeah. Uh, just hanging out. And you and I have our favorite city in Colorado. We share this, I think, is Leadville. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was my favorite city first. It was your favorite city. And then you told us to stop there and we stopped there. And I, it's now my favorite city in Colorado. It's awesome. <laughs> I think city might be a stretch. Yeah. But maybe town. 
Maybe strip of one road. And I really don't want to talk about it on the podcast because then everybody might go. And That's right. Ruin the charm of it. That is very true. But Kristen <laughs> and I love Loveville now. We do too. Because of your recommendations to stop there. Yeah, it's awesome. It is really cool town, especially in the summer months when it's just really fun. You can eat outdoors and there's a lot of things to do out there. Yeah. You should go in winter sometime when they have ski joring. Oh, yeah. You, you told me about this. Yeah. Yeah. They set up like giant ramps of snow in the middle of the downtown streets and horses pull skiers over the ramps it's awesome that's Great. crazy that's the thing you so you see like when you're watching football on sunday and they show you like the extra clip of what p- people in that state do you see that you're like what in the heck is that that and borough races that's yeah. very colorado but something really new has happened in your life in this season that we talked about last week you became a super fan of a <laughs> A football team? Yeah. Explain. I am a Florida Gator super fan as of <laughs> three weeks ago. What the heck is that all about? Jay's like just outing all my little yeah. secrets here. Um, yeah, it was. it's just kind of a running joke at our house. We lived in Gainesville for years and have always loved the Gators, but just watch them occasionally on TV. And so one day Matt and I were talking about uh, friend circles and I said, I, I need another friend circle. Like I need to add people that aren't necessarily people that I see at church or where I work, which is also church or all of those things. And it gets harder as your kids age, you don't meet other parents at the park as much or things like that. So I decided that my avenue to new friendships was going to be becoming a Florida Gator super fan Mm -hmm. so that when we're allowed to like meet with other people and watch football games again, like when that's a thing someday, 2024. I don't know. That's a long ways away. Hopefully sooner than that. Totally. Totally. So anyway, it's kind of funny. And also I'm every Saturday. You watch. I tell the whole, yeah, I tell the whole family, you know, their schedule now, whatever they play. Yeah. Whatever time it is that day, I'm unavailable because I have to watch the game. That's, that's fun. Go go Gators. Really fun. That's really cool that she's a super fan folks, not of the best school in the nation, but that's okay. We Just the best you. football team in the nation. Ooh, uh, I don't know. You did produce Tim Tebow, which Colorado loves that man. Do they? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think they do. You don't think so? So I actually have a Tebow jersey that someone Ooh. gifted me when we lived in Florida okay. because we were from Denver. And it's like, I can't wear it anywhere. Without getting Because it, it's a Broncos jersey that says Tebow. It's yeah. not like a Gator jersey that says Tebow. Right. And you have to have very strong feelings about Tim Tebow. Like there are pretty much any other jersey you could wear and it's just like, right. oh, that's a new one or that's an old one. But Tebow, everybody is going to talk to you about Tebow. It's like strong opinions of In-N-Out burgers too. Oh yeah, for in sure. In Colorado. Yes. You either love it or hate it. I get it. So <laughs> Tim Tebow fans from Florida. Okay. Yes. Hey, so what book are we reading this month and um, who's the author? All right. So we are reading Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And the subtitle of it is The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. Yeah, we're going to put the link in Amazon um, in our show notes. So go there if you want to buy it, if you're interested in buying it, or want to borrow it from one of us, we'd be happy to lend it out. Um, It's published by Crossway Publishing. It came out in 2020. Um, A little backstory is I have followed this man's father and his ministry and his father's ministry has just blessed me for many, many years. And then when I just saw this on the Crossway New to Publishing 
paper because I get that. <laughs> I'm one of those dorky people. Uh, of course you do. Yes. Um, I was super excited to hear what this man had to say. And he's more than qualified to talk about this stuff. He's just not a young buck um, in his 20s. He's really been um, in ministry for a long time. In fact, he was the chief publisher of, publishing officer of the Bible publisher at Crossway. So he ran a pretty big, um, important ministry for Crossway for years. And now he has just moved out um, to become a pastor in a local church, feeling the calling from God to do that. And um, I can't recommend this book enough. We're going to jump into that. So I'm, I'm maybe getting the cart before the horse here. But um, this is just a great book. In fact, Melissa, I've got to say, this might be in the top three most transformational books I've ever read. Wow. I know, right? What are the other two? Well, um, they're really good books as well. One of them um, is a really famous book by J.I. Packer, Knowing God. That was really important. J.I. Packer's really important in my life. Um, and the other one is by Eugene Peterson, and it's The Contemplative Pastor. Awesome. Um, those are just probably the top two, three books I've ever read. Um, and this goes in that category now. So, I mean, I read a lot of books. I, um, I love reading. So you can trust Melissa and I as we're readers. Um, we actually like to read quite a bit. And um, this was just really good for me. It was really good. Yeah. yeah so uh, Daniel Orling, Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. And I want to sort of just uh, give you the sort of the thesis of what he's writing about. And it comes into uh, pretty early in his introduction and says, and we are simply going to ask what the Bible says about the heart of Christ and consider the glory of his heart from our own ups and down lives. And I think that sort of sums up uh, Danny's book. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think... Uh, I'm calling it Danny. It's Dane. Dane, right? It's Dane. Yeah, sorry. Are you so like, close to him that you just call him Danny? Is yeah, that that's like just weird. Nickname? I just knew that was weird coming out. <laughs> Dane Orland. Um, it's Dane. Yeah, but what do you what do you think is the thesis or the main idea of this book? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I think the whole point of it was um, looking at what Jesus tells us, or who, sorry, who Jesus tells us he is in the Bible instead of. Um, or in place of challenging some of our assumptions of what we think he is. Because I think we tend to assign a lot of human-like qualities to Jesus and God. And um, when we dive into it a little bit more, it's simpler than that. Yeah. I think we make it complicated. Yeah, and when we encounter Jesus, he redefines some of those categories in our own life and walk, right? Yeah, for sure. So what did you think um, overall of the larger picture of this book? What did you like say this book is about? I mean, I read the thesis, but is there any other sort of extracurricular things you thought this book was about? Um, I don't, I mean, I think your thesis summed it up perfectly. I think that there were, um, I think it was just about understanding Jesus's heart of grace and mercy and love and compassion and that that's his default again and again towards us no matter what. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I think maybe this is mostly as a parent, maybe it's more of an experience as a human, but our default is not always to that grace and compassion. That's right. kind of where we have to force ourselves to go. But we often default to the anger or um, to one of those emotions and 
to know that God defaults to that mercy first mm-hmm. um, and not to anger. Yeah, that's really good. I think one of the other things this book does really well is talks about these people called the Puritans, which were a people like we we read these sort of people in our like middle school and high school English classes, right? Totally. Well, we we read the snippets yeah, the that snippets. they put in our textbooks. That's right. That's <laughs> truly, truly right. And he re- sort of redefines them for me. Um, he says in a, one of the podcasts I listened to about him, he's like, if you think that the the Puritans were all these curmudgeons who were legalistic, pharisaical, and uh, wanted people just to repent and be legalistic like them, then you're reading them wrong. And he shows that in this book, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We run into several of these famous Puritans. Some of the ones I didn't even know, like honestly hadn't read some of these Puritans. And for sure, if you didn't know them, I didn't know them. (laughs) But even though the famous one, like Jonathan Edwards, you know, he, he, he takes snippets out of his sermons to illustrate some of the points he's making about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I found those really encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. It, d- it definitely shed a different light on the Puritans and kind of the message that they that they were trying to get across about the heart of God. Yeah. So when you were reading this book, where did you find encouragement by what you read? Um, what was uh, some of the encouraging things that really made a highlight for you? Yeah, I think, so for me just personally, um, I, I like to strive for perfection. Mm-hmm. No way. I know. I know. Comes as a shock, right? Yeah. And I think all of us, um, especially with social media, tend to have like a persona that we like to put forward and it's hard to kind of break those barriers down. And so um, just to hear that God's joy comes not when I do the right thing or try to strive for perfection, but just in me turning towards him again and again. So just thinking about because he is love, because he is grace, that it doesn't matter how many times I mess up. As I turn to him, he's just more joyful every time yeah. to have me turning. So highlighting he the Savior part of Christ. For sure. And not just the Savior of once, that one day when you accept him, but the Savior every day. Right, which is, I think sometimes it's an easy thing for us to uh, think about. We all remember when we were saved, right? right? And we remember a life, even if we were young, a life that we turned away from and turned towards. And it's, I think, at least for me, a little more difficult to wrap my brain around um, a God that forgives me and asks me to come back again and again when I've already turned and I keep doing wrong. That's right. You know? That's right. That was the one, one of the best things about this book is just the encouragement over and over again of that. Yeah. Through the pages. Yeah. I think for me, for the encouragement was, um, I, I came through a season reading this where I've just felt inadequate in what I was doing mm-hmm. or what I was producing or who I was and, um, the roles that I play. And, um, I kept coming back to the feet of Jesus and realizing that he has called me, that he loves me, that he knows me, that he cares for me. And that has kept bringing uh, great medicine to my own heart. Um, as I read this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what about, was, Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask about a challenge for you. Yeah. Was there something in it that you found challenging that kind of pushed you in a different way? You know, I think the, this probably isn't a challenge as much as I was just, um, 
I was challenged in my notion of the Puritans for sure. Mm-hmm. That was definitely. Yeah. And challenged in my expectations of what they would say. Um, but the challenge for me was that uh, sort of like we're going to talk about with you is um, just the challenge is that this savior is for everyone mm-hmm. and he's pursuing everyone. And just the, the ability for me to take a step and to reach out and to introduce people to the savior is so important. Yeah. You know, I do it professionally for a living, but I get paid to do it. You know what I mean? But, totally. but not necessarily that, but out of really just encountering Christ myself yeah. to offer that invitation to others. Was the you challenge. know, one of, um, when I think about like evangelism and how hard that feels, sometimes how overwhelming that can feel just to the, to us non pros yeah. at it. Um, one of the things that was a release for me hearing at some point in my life is that God is already doing the work in their life and I'm just showing up at one point. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the point where they turn their life over to Christ. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a point that once they turn their life over to Christ, they're looking back and it's significant. Right. Um, but my job is not to make their heart turn that way. My job is to show up in the way that God has asked me to show up. Yeah, I keep thinking of John the Baptist. My job is just to make the way to Jesus as clear mm-hmm. and as straight as possible. Yeah. And Jesus has to do the work of drawing men and women children families to him totally yeah that kind of uh heads into not that you asked but i'll tell you anyway the challenging part for me in this book was um a lot of talk about leaning into the hard things and i thought about that especially in the context of other people and relationships that we have in our life um one of the things that he said in the book was when jesus sees the fallenness of the world his deepest impulse, his natural instinct is to move toward that sin or suffering and not away from it. Oh man, isn't that a wonderful... It's so good and I'm so thankful for that and I think how can I do that more in my life because I mean we've all been there when we're driving downtown and we see the homeless person or not even downtown, just anywhere and we see the homeless person and you know, it's just like catches in our heart and our instinct is to just turn our eyes away, don't make eye contact, don't, you know, all of those things and what are the ways with that person and with so many other people in our life that we can turn towards their suffering and walk with them through that. Yeah. Because Christ ultimately did it for us. Totally. And our response is just the joyous of letting him do it for others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that was one of the biggest things of this book is where does your motivation come from? Mm -hmm. You know, is it out of duty or obligation or is it out of pure delight in knowing that you're loved, that you're cared for and that, you want others to experience that. Right. Like the strength that just comes from the security of knowing who you are and who God is. Yeah, That's right. What his character is. Oh, man. Okay. So thinking about your own journey, um, and we've sort of, how do you think this book encouraged your walk with Jesus? You, you mentioned that somewhat in your challenge and things like that. But like, if someone wants to read this book, what do they, what do they, what do you think they're going to do or feel as an encouragement in their journey? Yeah, I think just uh, the re-examining of God's heart towards me. One of the things that stood out to me in the book that he said was that fallen and anxious sinners are limitless in their capacity to perceive reasons for Jesus to cast them out. And I think that's a very human trait for all of us. We look for ways that we don't belong or we look for ways that we don't fit in or that we've done something wrong or that people might 
be judging us or looking at us weird. That's right. like just our default or it's my default. Maybe it's not everybody's default, but um, just kind of reexamining that and looking at what scripture tells me instead of, you know, what my human reaction is. No doubt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was like in page 61, he says this, and it's just one of the best quotes of the book. We do not come to a set of doctrines. We do not come to a church. We don't even come to the gospel. All these are vital, but most truly we come to a person to Christ himself. And I think that was the biggest encouragement to me is to flee to Christ to get into knowing him, the person of Christ, the actual tangible expression of God himself to the world and really dig into uh, having an encounter with that Christ. Yeah, I, I'm i pretty sure it was in this book. I'm so sorry if it was in something else I listened to, but was <laughs> it in this book where he talked about what if we could hear Jesus in the other room praying for us? Oh, yeah. How would that change Yep. how totally. we what we do and how we live our life and how we feel about our own worth. If we constantly heard Jesus in the other room interceding on our behalf. Yeah. And that was one of the best chapters of that book of intercession. I know where that was. And if you're a person who's like, how does Jesus intercede for us? How does this really work? How does the Holy spirit um, convict and guide through the work of Jesus? That chapter so good. It's so good. It's worth the purchase of that book in just that one chapter. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a really important thing is like, how would Jesus pray for you that you would overhear? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, okay, so we're talking about um, this book, maybe doing it w- as a book club or with some friends or even in your life group or small group. Um, Melissa, what do you think would be the perfect sort of place to recommend this book or to collect some people to read this book. Yeah, I think it's always more fun to read in groups. And like I, like we were talking about earlier, kind of pushes you to do it a little bit more. Um, I think your life group is a great, great place to do this. I think, I mean, coming from my own personal experience as a woman, I think this is a super powerful thing for other women to gather around. And self-worth is a big struggle. I yeah. mean, for a lot of people across the board, but definitely for a lot of women. And just to find their um, strength and the source of their self-worth in God and and be confident in knowing how he views them. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that's like a game changer. Yeah. Big deal. That's really, I think that's a really good recommendation for um, just individuals and self. But yeah, women, that would be amazing to see them journey together through some of this material. Yeah. Um, I would think someone who's like really struggling with is is Jesus big enough for my sin? Mm -hmm. And is he big enough for my suffering? Yeah. Which is part of why he wrote this book. But this dude has encountered it. He's not only wrote, he's not written about it, but this guy has really encountered these things in a very like devotional, um, at the heart of the matter, theologically rich, like unbelievable theological truths are in here. Yeah, for sure. But um, so that's, it's not like a fluffy book either. No, it's interesting when I started reading it, like the first couple chapters in, I was like, are we just going to get the exact same message over and over again? And yes, but also no, you know, there was still some little truth or some little twist or some little nugget in each of those chapters that really drove it home. Yeah. Sometimes we need it over and over again. Oh, I completely (laughs) agree. 
Yeah, and um, like I said, just in my own life, it came at a perfect time and a perfect season. So final thoughts for us. Um, you want to leave us with Luke 19 maybe? Yeah, so I was uh, just reading this in my in my personal devotions, and we were talking about um, just that Jesus came to seek and save, and that we as Christians always remember that save part. We like we know that Jesus is our salvation. We know He's our hope in that way, but we kind of tend to not focus on the seek part. That He came to seek us out, and that He's still doing that, and that that that's God's heart is to seek us and for us to turn towards Him. Oh, I, let's finish with that word. That's an incredible word, Melissa. Thanks so much for reading this book with me. Thanks for making me the co-host of a podcast. Yeah, you didn't even know that. <laughs> and if you want to check out this book, this is called Gentle and Lowly. The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. It's not Danny. Dane. Dane. D-A-N-E. Yeah. Dane. And you can find it in our show notes as a link. We highly recommend you read this book. Gather some friends, gather some coworkers, people that are really struggling to know Jesus. And this book is going to do them a lot of good. Yeah, so good. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. Hey, Calvary, if you're interested in finding out more about what we're doing here, um, what we are reading is going to be a monthly podcast. We look forward to reviewing books. If you have any book recommendations, you want us to review a book or check out a book, go to the weekly at calvarybible.com. We would love to hear from you, some of your favorite books of all time. Um, and check out this book. I can't recommend this book enough. Um, this is Gentle and Lowly, and this is the weekly at Calvary Bible Church. We love you. Talk to you very soon. <laughs>